Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the BJ Speak Show, an interview with. My name is Billy BJ Jones, and I am your host and the creator of Everyday Folks Podcast. If at any time you'd like to speak to me or my esteemed guest during this live podcast, please call me at 347 539 5372. Again, that's 347 539 5372. And if you're shy and you prefer to inbox me with your questions, comments, or requests, you can send those to everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com, or you can send them on my Instagram, which I'm trying to monitor here as I'm doing this live podcast, and that's at Jones on Instagram. Today is a great day. It's our third day, actually, of celebrating Black History Month in 2021. And today, there are a few announcements I'd like to provide. First is... Um, in memory and salute of those um, we've lost in 2020 and those we continue to lose in 2021 to the pandemic and other extravagant things. Also special um, remarks to, in regards to Cicely Tyson's family and the amazing um, time they're going through right now in terms of healing and solace. So my heart goes out to, to her family. What an incredible icon. And also, we have a few great things that are happening if you're here locally in Miami. Coming up on February 13th is Cupid Fest. Come out and enjoy a day of fun with your friends and family as you enjoy activities, experiences, great music, food trucks, and support local South Florida small businesses. It's happening at, the, um, at, at, at Northwest South. It's happening at 3201 Northwest South River Drive in Miami. So if you're local, you can enjoy it. And this Saturday, I'm looking forward to going through all, by the way, that event, Cupid Fest, and the one I'm about to speak of, all practicing CDC guidelines and things of that nature. So please wear your masks, please stay safe, and please stay home if you're not able to participate. This Saturday is the oratorical contest that I'll be judging um, at the Spice Park. I'm looking forward to helping celebrate that. It's in commemoration of Black History Month. And then lastly, two things. Today is show 199. We're on the 199th episode of Everyday Folks Radio of all of our series. And so I'm super excited for this segment today and for my guests. And also tomorrow, tune in for the 200th episode of Everyday Folks. And everyone who's worked here in the Everyday Folks family will be part of the live podcast to be part of the conversation, to talk about their most favorite episodes, things that are coming up, all the exciting things that we hope to achieve in the next 100 or 200 episodes. I've spoken enough, and I want to say special uh, thanks to all of you for listening. Today's topic is, what does Black History Month mean today? And with me today, I brought in someone who is not a stranger to our everyday folks family here. She is the owner of Black Tongue Clothing. If you haven't gone on Instagram, go and check it out. She has some awesome stuff, and I rep her stuff. In fact, I'll be repping it on Saturday (laughs) at the event I'll be going to. Her name is Capri Johnson, the creator owner of Black Tongue Clothing. Welcome, Capri. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you, Dr. Jones? I am feeling good. It's hot Wednesday, and it's Black History Month. And so I always say this month is important for us, obviously, right, for many obvious mm-hmm. reasons, but for so many more as well. 
And so tonight is a conversation that will help us, you know, be inspired, reflect, and also learn, not only from each other, but our esteemed listeners who are already sending in some email questions already. Well, Capri, I wanted to ask this, you know, for, for you, Black History Month means a lot to us. And as we've evolved and matured in life, we begin to see it um, through the same lenses, but different lenses as well. Mm-hmm. So what would you say for yourself? If you had to say Black History Month in 2021, how would you define or, or represent it in your own view today? Evolved, mm-hmm. I think, is, is one word. The, the first word I think that comes to mind, uh, evolved. I think that it has, thankfully, uh, evolved and grown um, a lot, not just for us, you know, to celebrate, but for mm-hmm. all of America to celebrate. Um, I think that especially in the past 12 months, you know, a lot of things have been brought to the surface, um, mm-hmm. you know, that have literally like, like boiled over. Um, so it, it mm, as far as like I say, growing and evolving into something I think that has been accepted more in mainstream society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I where agree. I see it right now. Yeah, in 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 2021. And that's so it's it's sad in the sense that it you mm-hmm. know from what it has to become, but you know there's always some good that come out of things that are bad or sad. And yeah. so last year, I mean, you name pick a month after February, it just becomes a blur, right? We yeah. were able to celebrate Black History Month in a more traditional way in 2020. But in 2021, mm-hmm. we now look back and say, holy moly, our lives have changed so much, not just as people or a race, but as Black people, especially. And depending where you're at in your circumstance in life, we all have a story and we all have an experience of how we were impacted, right? And so our, let's take a journey through our own time. Do you remember? Let's go back to Richmond Middle <laughs> or Richmond Junior High back then. <laughs> so when we were at Richmond, and those of you who are in Miami know this, Richmond Heights, it's a, um, it's a, historically, a historically black neighborhood that was um, created um, as an opportunity to provide um, veterans who had worked and served in the military a place to live. And, and Frank C. Martin, um, who is a, 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 a dignitary, an official of the military, he wanted to serve and support these Blacks and their families. And so Capri and I grew up in the, in the area, the region, and in that region it's called a school called Richmond Junior High then, which is now Richmond Middle. I remember at Richmond Middle, Capri, I took mm-hmm. um, like Black history, what's it called? Um, I forgot the name of the course. It was like a Black history course. Maybe that's what it was called. Okay. And I remember watching, you know, all these shows and all these clips, and you know how they were shown then. They, we didn't have TVs and things and luxuries that we have today. But I remember mm-hmm. watching these things, and this was in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Only 20 years prior, America was dealing with its own reality. Think about that. Yeah. The Civil Rights Act of 1964 um, was, was, had finally come into play, but so much had to happen and so much lost before that point. And then not only right. 24 years later, or 20, 22, 22 years later, we're sitting in middle school. 22, 23 years later, we're in middle school. Look how close we were to the reality of then. And here yeah. we are today. Fascinating, yeah. isn't it? It is. It is because I have to constantly remind myself, 
that we are, you and I, people of our, our age and our generation, we're one generation away from that. Yep. We're one generation, not our great-great-grandparents. Our mothers and fathers went through every, all those things, like you said, in the 50s and 60s, um, you know, that, that they had to go through, um, you know, as, as black people in, in America. But, yeah, we, I have to constantly remind myself of that. You know, like I say, we're, we're one generation away from that. I think that we've grown a lot um, mm-hmm. from day one of being in this country. But we've grown a lot um, since then. Um, and I think sometimes it's, sometimes it kind of seems like we might be a little too hard on ourselves mm-hmm. because it's like, we should do better, have better, be better, you know, and all these things. Mm-hmm. But like, again, when you think about it, it's like, it's just one generation away from that, mm-hmm. you know? And so, I mean, considering that it is one generation away, I think that we have, and oh, I mean, over the centuries, obviously, but especially like you say, you know, as far as just, you know, 20 years prior, you know, to when we were in middle school, um, we've grown a lot. We've yeah, done we a have. lot. We have a lot. We've seen a lot. We've achieved a lot. Um, so, you know, hats off to us and, and, you know, the things that we've doing, have done and, you know, and continue to do. But that is a big deal that, you know, how, how close, you know, it, it, we are to that or, you know, just, like I say, just, just outside of that. Um, mm-hmm. Generation, so it's it's pretty incredible. And, and we fast forward, so that was you know, not to put a year on us, but that was in another time, Thank folks. <laughs> <laughs> and so we fast forward, you know, a, a couple of decades later, right? A few decades later, and here we are today, and it's interesting. We are living in a more, a far more developed society. But mm-hmm. the question is, as we as as people of African descent. Have we progressed and are we as, have we moved and developed with the times? And for me, the answer, I'll answer my own question. The answer is yes, absolutely. You know, we've made significant strides. And it's so mm-hmm. exciting to turn on a television or to watch and experience. And it doesn't have to be Black History Month where we're getting our celebration. But we know right. not even a decade plus before that wasn't always our option, right? And so, and then many have this stereotype too, and you probably heard this too, Kip. People who say, well, how come Black History Month had to get the shortest month of the year, right? The, the shortest <laughs> month of the year, February 28th. Why couldn't it have been March, right? Why couldn't it have been, and there, there's a whole historical story about that, and that is not our focus tonight, folks. But what mm-hmm. is the focus of that? Regardless of the number of days we, we got or have, we, we, we take advantage of that. And the key is to celebrate Black history. And Black history, obviously, it emanates from a cultural identity of being Black in America. But people around right. the world identify with being Black, too. And so, completing yeah. in your, in your observations, and you, mm-hmm. you speak as an entrepreneur, you speak as a, a homeowner, you speak as an American citizen, and, of course, mm-hmm. a woman. Mm-hmm. What has been some of the most um, pressing issues or episodes that we as a people of African descent continue to deal with? What do you think of some of those things? Um, I think there's like, I think there's it's still a, an identity crisis. Um, yeah. I think, I, I think that that's a, that's a big part of it. Um, knowing who you are um, and, and, and the line, you know, of people that, that you've come from. Um, understanding that your circumstances aren't who you are. Um, so I think I think I 
identity has mm-hmm. a, a lot to do um, with, you know, where we are right now. Um, and there are many things, you know, there are many different angles that you can come at to address that um, yeah. issue. Um, but I think that's that's a very big. Uh, I, I I think that's that's a major uh, factor. I think in in you know in in where we are right now. Um, I think there's yeah there's so many things that force that identity choice too. I mean, when I I was just saying to my students a few hours ago. We're talking about like our identity and how our identities are influenced through social media engagement, you know, mm-hmm. and whether, you know, whatever we're looking for, there's something being thrown at us or that we're seeing that reinforces right. what beauty, what um, right. sexy, what smart, what being yeah. black means, right? And so there are mm-hmm. all these influences. And I think they're both good and they're also some, some that we need to improve on. But I think identity I is a serious issue because... There's so many spaces and opportunities when we're at the table, but sometimes we don't realize that we don't have the full seats that we need at the table, right? We always got, and it's, it's, there's a constant um, identity to be acknowledged mm-hmm. in so many territories. And we're saying this in 2021. I'll give you an example, mm-hmm. science. I'm looking at science today, and there are many scientists who have contributed, both men and women who are Black, who made science and made contributions significantly that we enjoy today. You know, George mm-hmm. Washington Carver is a part of that, right? Mm-hmm. And so when we look forward, though, why is it, though, when I'm, 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 I'm watching and I'm looking at science opportunities, and K-12, they do a pretty good thing on this, but I think higher ed could do a better job and, and across the disciplines and help and promote and celebrate people of all identities, right, including mm-hmm. people who are Black in the sciences, let's say. And it doesn't mean that in class, oh, by the way, the black scientists created this. I mean, we got to find some line to do this where it, it seems comfortable for people. Exactly. But, but I also feel when I think of psychology, I think of Piaget, I think of Vygotsky, I think of Sigmund Freud, and none of these mm-hmm. individuals are black. And so, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean that I, I disregard or discount their contributions. I am grateful for all their work. But having said right. that, the goals of all these disciplines don't look like you and me. No, and uh, I think America, especially because being the country that we are, um, mm-hmm. and founded on principles that we're supposed to be living by, it, it does need to reflect that. Um, and I think that it's unfortunate that America has worked harder to exclude people, and it, it's a, it's a lot, it's a much less effort to include, you know, as it is to, to exclude. And uh, if you in just by nature, it'll just it'll just happen. You, you understand what I'm saying? If you just let people do what yeah. they do, be mm-hmm. who they are, you won't have to go through the efforts of. But again, that's touching on a whole other subject too. <laughs> but you don't have to go through the efforts of you know trying to exclude. That's a lot of effort, time, legislation, money, bills. That's a lot, you know, yeah. to, to exclude someone. Um, when you when you include people, like you said, of all colors and genders, um, it's a better representation of this society. It should be a better representation of this society, and um, and you can get more diversity. You can get other opinions, other. You can have a better understanding of people if you let them be who they are, and and you know, let them give their talents to the world, whether it's in science, math, art, whatever the case may be. Yeah, it'll it'll advance America, I think, more than what people realize. 
Oh, mm-hmm. some people. Um, yeah, you, you don't really realize how much you're, you're holding America back. People be quick to say, oh, America is the best country. The best. I love America. It's the only home I know. I don't know any other place, you know. Right. I can't compare it to any, any place else that I've lived because I haven't lived any other place. But America is the best place. It's the best country ever. If that is the case, imagine how much better it will be if you just let us be. Mm, well said. Well said. So you're yes, already in the top ten. You might just be number one. You know, just let let people yeah. give the skills and talents that they have and accept it. And you and we can move forward. It may not look like whatever your idea is, but well, your idea doesn't matter because your idea is in the foundation of the basis of what this country was, you know, supposedly founded on. So, you know, you gotta you have to let people um you have to have that inclusion. Um, you know, of everyone everyone should be it should be a better representation. And I am seeing more of that now. Um I, I can say that. Uh and, and it's it is as talking from a black person, um, it's interesting how we have to take notice of that. You know, it's yeah. not I don't want to say shocking, but it's still unfortunate, I think in twenty twenty one that we have to that it I have to do a double take, you know, like, oh, wow, it's a black lady on that show, you know, or, oh, wow, right. it's a young black kid on it. You know, it's, it's, and it, it might be that way for you and I, and, you know, in, in our generation, and maybe the younger generation doesn't feel that way. Maybe they do feel more um, included. I don't know, but it's still, I still have to do a double take. I still have to say, wow, good job, you know, when I see yeah. us represented anywhere. I don't care how well small it is. Anywhere. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. thank you. Wow, that's great. You know? <laughs> I love it. But it is what it is. It's progress, though, I guess. It, yeah, it is. And, and what you just said, Capri, has lit up our lines over here, because I'm looking at my second screen. And thank you all for your continued support. If you'd like to speak to me or Kip during this live podcast, you can call 347-539-5372. Again, that number is 347 347- Five three nine five three seven two. And if you're shy and you prefer to inbox me as you already are, you could do it at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com or on my Instagram at drbillypauljones. So, Kip, here's a question for us that we're going to try out here, folks. And this one comes from Todd. Todd, thank you for listening. He writes, I grew up watching the Eyes on the Prize series in grade school. Have you seen it? And what do you make of this series in comparison to how Black Black History Month is celebrated today? I actually can take this one first, and then I'll let you. You can chime in on this one. Our, that was the core. That was the, the the show that we used to watch, Kip, in Black oh, History and Class. I, I remember it vaguely. You remember vaguely, it? I remember. Yes, it's very like <laughs> Yes, because it used to start with "Keep your eyes on the prize." Oh, Lord. oh like there's a song I that remember that part. Mm-hmm. That's the part I remember. Obviously, I, I like music in that regard. But I mm-hmm. remember, and then afterwards, I remember. Like, I mean, it was on that. Um, they had a projecting thing. What was that thing? You know how you used to put the real the projector on the <laughs> real projector. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. One of us was very proud to start the projector. Mm-hmm. And so, Todd, I remember it very well. But well, you know what's funny? I, Todd, I haven't, I'll be honest, it was out of sight, out of mind. It served its purpose in being one of the trending historical pieces in that time. It was a production piece, piece that was creatively done, obviously, to work in an educational setting. Today, there's a lot more competition for that. Even History.com does a great job on presenting Black history or the Library of Congress in very different ways. 
And so including Eyes and a Prize, which I'm going to do after this is done, Todd, I'm going to see if I can Google it, see if it's still around. Any thoughts on you that, know, Kip? You find it. Yeah, probably on YouTube, right? It's probably on YouTube, yeah. actually. So, yeah, Todd, we I've seen it, but I can't recall it. I don't know, how about you, Kip? I can't. I, I I remember the name. I definitely remember the name um, of that 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 like series. Um, I can't. Rec- I don't recall it very well right now. Um, but I, I'll say the same. Basically, I mean, a- along with what you what you just said is that it's it it was good for the time. Yeah. I think you know as far as educating people. So like I said, just from what I can recall, um, it was it was good for that for that time. Um, but there. So many advancements, you know, now right. and just other, yeah, means of of getting um, uh, information and, and being educated. Um, but you know, for at that at that time, that's what it was. That's what we had. I, and Todd, I'll share this too. I my understanding, I don't know, I'm thinking about this. I think the Eyes and a Prize series was something that was generated from a federal grant or an initiative. Like it was something that was done mm-hmm. to ensure that Black History Month, which is a 20th century introduction, by the way to the world mm-hmm. um, a, that it gets that black history gets its assurance in history that black history is American history. And so today, like Kip said, I mean, there's so many other options. Thanks for listening, Todd. Kip, I got another question though. Listen to this one. I think you'll like this one. What is the favorite thing you like about black history month? Um, everybody comes from out the woodwork. <laughs> You know, because it 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 um we live it every single day, but it's a nice time to reflect. You know, on all the old, all the way up to what's going on today. You know, so it's a nice time to reflect. You know, like oh man, I forgot about that show. I forgot about that person. I forgot about that contribution. And it's just um it's it's a nice way to have pride. You know, and and, yeah. and who you are. It's nice. It's nice way to reflect. And every year. Because of technology and because we have so many forms of, you know, we can get information from so many different places, not just one, um, you know, series that's, that's on, a, you know, a TV, on, you know, on television. But because we can get so much information from so many different places right now, every single year with black history, it builds. You have more information, more information. And not only do you have to have more information, but you have more mm-hmm. um, Clarity, you have more um, details, you know, you sometimes you have more insight um, because, you know, you're able to, to now supply, you know, you're able to get more information from different sources and compile it. So it's, it's a lot more accurate uh, also, I guess. Is what I'm mm. to say. So every year, you know, because you know how it was back in the day, Billy, you know, because I remember my mom, she bought me like these little books from out the grocery store. They were like little, yep. almost like little pamphlets. On black people, you know, so you had like these little pamphlets, you know, that you're reading, or you had some church program, and that was it, you know, like you learned about five black people, you know, and 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 that was the extent of your knowledge for the most part, you know, depending on what you did in your home, you know, you would know more, do more, um, but that's what I like the most about Black History Month. It it definitely uh, gives me a minute to remember, you know, everything, and that's just still just a snippet. That's just a dropping the bucket, you know, to all the contributions that we've made to this country. Mm. You know, you remind me of something. You and I are lovers of art, right? 
And one of the mm-hmm. things that I enjoy about Black History Month is the fact that now I can digitally go online and see what modern generations as well as past generations have created in the artistry of Black history. So I love looking mm. at the images, whether they be actual or video. There's now a whole a nice. host of video available. And, and even if it's, it's sound and no sound, we're now getting video clips of these lived experiences of things that have occurred, as well as getting mm-hmm. modern-day caricatures of what art says, like the logo itself yeah. of Black History. I was just looking recently at, you know, at the college where I work at, our college, and I'm just floored by the beauty of what that college has done with the image of Black History Month. Because before mm-hmm. it had very, there were certain eras of Black History where it was black, red, and green, right, where the colors of mm-hmm. Black History Month. Now I'm seeing derivatives of purple. I'm seeing gold. I'm seeing all these other black and white only, black and white and, and red. Mm-hmm. We're seeing all these varieties of Black History Month and the colors of Black history because the colors of Black people are everywhere. The diaspora is everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so I, I love that, Tabitha. I think, like what Kip said, is it's, it's the idea that there's so many options for being engaged and informed. And so I think it's just great. So for me, I just like going online. Even Google. You go on the Google banner on their homepage, right. like you go to Google.com, You'll see like a little cartoon and you can click that cartoon right. because they're giving Black History Month tips in salute throughout the month through their browser. And I'm like, wow, right. this is cool. Who would have ever thought of that, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So there's a lot that could be grateful for and there is more access and opportunity. And and, and tap of the one more thing. I'll be honest, Tabitha, I was very upset about this. So bear with me as Tyrone comes out. I used to get very upset in the institutions where I worked at previously, where Black History Month was always about the performance. We are very arts-driven people. We're athletic. We mm-hmm. do all these great things, right? But I love that Black History Month today is about all of what the people of the diaspora can do. So if you're an artist, you do art. If you're into music, you perform, right? If you're an intellect, you can be intellectual in your capacity or discipline. You know, you're your chef. You can be celebrated that way. Like, there's so mm-hmm. many other avenues of celebrating Black history right. that it's not limited now to the most obvious. You know, and not to say right. that we can't acknowledge the struggle because it's nice to know about a Sojourner Truth and a Harriet Tubman mm-hmm. and a Martin Luther King and a Malcolm X and a Booker T. All these great examples or icons that have... Mm-hmm. All for us to live today. I mean, we're living the paradise they wish they could have, although they'd be just as angry as we are today with some of the things we did with. Yeah. Yep. And let me say this too, real quick. Um, when you oh, when you it, said that about like you know, like today, uh, there, there is a lot, and I didn't think about that uh, really, but there is a lot of focus on, um, you know, like arts and entertainment, as it should be. That's fine. That's nice. It's great. Um, because you know when we were growing up, we didn't unless I wasn't aware of it. But I don't know how. I don't know when it started. I'm being honest. I don't know when mm-hmm. like um, June. You know, like Black Music Month. I began. Like I don't know when that began. I know I didn't hear of that when I was a child. Um, but I know growing up, it was that I really only heard of like the scientists and the mathematicians right. and the engineers. And the you know the people that work you know like in, in just in different areas agriculture everything you know so it wasn't like that's when we were I was growing up it was more of you know learning about you know black scientists and mathematicians and astronauts and all this type of stuff as opposed to you know just entertainment you know sports and entertainment which again mm. is nothing wrong with that, but um, it's interesting how things shift. 
Absolutely. And you know something else? You just made me think of this. The fact that I'll use Muhammad Ali as an example. Muhammad Ali, in his role, he used his platform to help progress the black movement, right? And so because of that, I think that also influenced the latter generation's focus on individuals in those fields because the expectation of society as it matured was, well, if he could do it, we need more Ali's from that division to do it as well, right? Or to make those contributions. Well, what's actually happened is this evolution has evolved. There is something's coming out from everywhere now. And it's so awesome. Mm-hmm. It's so awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. your, your comment actually relates to Chris's question that just popped in. He says, does Black History Month and Black Music Month mean the same thing? What are your thoughts? Huh. <laughs> um, it's, I mean, for me, my, my thought on Black, Black Music Month is it's just more focused on music. Right. For me. I mean, you know, Black, black music, and again, the contributions that Black music has made to this country, um, and the world period, mm-hmm. really. Um, but uh, for me, Black History Month, for, for me, February is, it encompasses everything. Mm-hmm. Everything that we have ever touched. Everything. And in June, it, you know, for me, it, it's just more focused on the music. Mm, that's true. And it's funny because I, mean, I didn't I realize. That's, that's just the way I see it. How do you yeah, see it? I agree with you. You know, that Black History Month was, um, it, I didn't realize it's per, it existed until, I guess at some point, I noticed that BET started marking it because BET would always launch their annual award show in mm-hmm. the month. So as mm-hmm. a result, it was a, a, a smart move. I don't know if, if it had any historical origin before that, but I thought BET was very helpful and instrumental mm-hmm. and make us realize that Black History Month is what it is because it started using that as a platform for celebrating Black music, right? And and here's something else to go with that. Now that you make me think of it, um, Chris, the thought that Black History Month and Black History, it's funny, their acronyms are the same, but one is BHM and one is BMM. <laughs> Black Music mm-hmm. Month, Black History mm-hmm. Month, right? The acronyms here, they get confusing. I think what's happening is that it also stretches out the option. We ain't got to wait till February and cram everything in February to celebrate throughout the year. That's true. Because Blacks That's are true. now being celebrated Hispanic Heritage Month, Women's History Month. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caribbean mm-hmm. Heritage Month, Pride Month. So there are all these examples that are popping up. And so it's pretty cool, Chris, that we're getting those options. Before we proceed, Kip, I just want to remind folks, you still got time to chat with us. It's already half hour into the show. Can you believe it, Kip? Three four seven five three nine five three seven two is are those digits to speak to us. And if you prefer to inbox us like you have not been shy on, you may do so at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. And I got a couple of your comments that have come in. I text them to myself, folks, through my, my, my email. So I'm going to go ahead and read those. But my, my Instagram is buzzing, too, at drbillypauljones. Kip, here's a question for us. Listen to this one. It says, mm-hmm. from Nicole, in the 21st century, the landscape of what it means to be Black has evolved. What do you make of cases of white women who have, fought, who have falsely identified as Black for the sake of opportunity? <laughs> I need a drink on that one. Okay? I'm <laughs> saying, more. man, she's like, oh, mm-mm. y'all wrong for that. Can I just be Miami right now? Y'all wrong for that. I don't Girl. know. I know you cannot do that. You can't do that. You cannot know. Absolutely not. I don't give you no pass. It's one thing. 
because I have family members that are like that. On my mom's side, man. it's one thing if you look white and you mm-hmm. pass, you know what I'm saying? Like, not, not even just to, to pass, but I'm saying it's one thing if people assume that you're Caucasian or you're white or whatever and you're really black. Everybody, not everybody, I have family members that look a particular, you know, but they'll identify themselves, you know, as, as black. Um, but they're never trying to get over on nobody. Now, it's not like they are, you know, white and they just, no, no, just no. I don't, I don't think that you should do that. I don't think that, I don't think you have such a, a blatant disrespect for our culture, our struggle, and everything in this country because if you think that that is something to get money on or like build something up, then you're wrong. No, no, no. It's one thing if you're you're an author and you write a book about you know your life, your struggle, whatever. But I mean, just don't. I don't. I don't know. Just no. Don't try and pass. I have no idea what anybody's thinking when they do that. I don't get that. I don't. Hmm. I don't get it. I'm sorry. Nicole, I just. No, I love it. I, Nicole, if you could see Kip's face right now. <laughs> I like it's, it. it's just, I don't, and what was that girl? Is it Dozier? One of, yeah, one Dozier, of yes, that was her. Oh, my gosh. Come on, y'all. Just cut it out. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Because I know when, I don't know what all she's been through. I don't know. I know some of her story. I don't know the whole story. I know she's not the only one. But um, if it really hit the fan, Y'all gonna switch. Y'all gonna y'all really you gonna go back to what you really are and your and who you really are because you're not ready for all this. You not. Mm. I don't think so. Mm. I mean, you don't have to be black to you know be ready for whatever. But I just I don't I don't I don't understand that. I, I think I don't understand that. I think it's improper. I don't I think it's disrespectful. I think it's rude. Um, if that's not who you are, it, it's one thing. If you have a black parent, a white parent, you you know that's one thing. But if you are a Caucasian, if you was born a white person and you just got a deep tan and you around here with your hair braided, you're not black. Stop doing that. I don't understand that at all. It's funny because um, I, I was laughing and chuckling. It's I, it's akin to the idea of you know the re, you know the reverses of the same people who don't mm-hmm. honor and respect their heritage as well. So you can be as dark mm-hmm. as you are and never think you're black, right? And it's like exactly. and, and it's so interesting because it also elicited a different type of reaction. They're not the same circumstances, obviously, because what mm-hmm. this individual did was clearly falsify and actually took on leadership roles and capacities in the community in order right. to do you know take you know, to do this. And I, and what's sad is that mm-hmm. her intentions in terms of want to be part of the cause were good, but why did you have to lie? And so Nicole, it's, it's just, it's sad. I mean, if you could do, if you could lie and, about something that minute, I mean, what else can you do? Right. Exactly. And, it, and it's very unnecessary. You, all it you is. have to do is be a human being to contribute positive things to the world, period. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what language you speak, what you look like. You're a good human being. You want to help save the planet, then damn it, do it. You know, if you're a good human being and you want to help end racism, then do it. I don't have to, you know, then just do it. You don't have to deny who you are in order to do something good in the world. Mm, Well said. Looking at another question that came in, and this question comes in from Anike Madison, who is the host of Journey Into Passion here on Everyday Folks Radio. Hello, my sister. She has a question. She says, hello, Billy and Capri. I am glad you are having this conversation. What went through your minds as you saw the glass ceiling shattering uh, during the inauguration of our vice president? 
do you think this will open even more doors for black people? Have a great show. Absolutely. I think that it will. I'm really proud of, 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 uh, the, the, our first female VP, um, I think it will. I think it will definitely open open doors. It makes me feel hopeful. Um, I mean, and, it, and it's really great because, like, even though we have come, we're in, in a different era that our parents, you know, lived in, we're still seeing the first of many things. Yeah. You know, it's our first black president. You know, we have our first female um, black and, and uh, Indian, um, you know, vice president. So it's it's very encouraging. Mm. Uh, it's it's exciting, it's encouraging, it's hopeful, and I think there will be many people to come behind her. And it also reinforces like her. Right. And it, it reinforces, Kip, the value of historically black colleges and universities. She herself Absolutely. is an alumna of one. It also reinforces, you know, we're Greek, Capri and I are Greek, and being a part of historically black um, Greek-lettered organizations, that's important because there's value in those things. And those organizations, those colleges are, were behind her and supported her and also need the support, especially the historical black colleges. Some of them have been sunsetted, folks, across the nation over the past decade because of limited funding or, right. or disinterest in going. And these are great institutions that were created for people, black people, when they weren't welcome anywhere else. And so I think right now with this new, with our new President Biden, an experienced president, number, let's also add, um, and experienced vice president, it will just help us heal. We have so many things to work on. And not even in day one, they were already working. And so it's mm-hmm. great to see that. And we're going to, you know, Kip and I are behind it. Kip, we got another question coming in from Candy. I had no idea what Juneteenth was until after I saw it on Instagram post from Black Tongue Clothing about it about it in its advertising. Do oh, you think there are isn't that awesome? Thank you, Candy. Candy, you all right, Candy. <laughs> we appreciate that. I appreciate you supporting my friend. And so her question is this, Kip. Do you think there are other historical moments in black history that people tend to forget? Yes. Hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. I've learned so much. Um over the years, especially doing black sun clothing, uh, sometimes, you know, just research and, and you just, you know how to, sometimes you get on the internet and you go down that rabbit hole, you know, and you find, you know, you're, you go from link to link to link. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are many things that, that we don't know. There are many things that black people don't know. There are a lot of things that America in general does not know that they should know. Um, a lot of times, you know, we know about Black Wall Street, we know about Rosewood, but there are many other black communities that were burned down, that were shut out, you know, communities that they, they you know, were forced, um, you know, off of their land. There's some in New York, there's some out west in the northwest, I think, like it's in the Washington or Oregon, somewhere. Right, I, I don't know the name of it right now, it escapes me, but there are many different um circumstance, you know, different different things like that that we don't know about. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Candy. It's, and she's right. It's, yeah. Uh, no, I was just going to say, thankfully, you know, with the internet, uh, mm-hmm. with responsible mm. searching, you know, and responsible research and, and reading um, on the internet, there's a lot of, um, uh, you know, information there that can guide you uh, as well. Mm. And books. Don't forget books, y'all. Books still exist. <laughs> They do, as a matter of fact. You know, 
I have to plug one. Um, so my uh, coming up on the show, Kip, in the next few weeks or months, we've been playing email tag and phone tag and text tag with this gentleman. His name is Brandon Vega, and he wrote a book called The Get, you know, Ghetto Conscious. And Brandon himself is a, you know, an I generation member who spoke at the college. I had the pleasure of seeing him speak a year plus ago. And now his book is finally out, and I'm I can't wait to have a conversation with him about it. Um, it's just released. I haven't read it yet, but as I do, you know, I'll be sharing with you. And with our listeners mm-hmm. here, you'll get an opportunity to hear more from Brandon in the weeks to come. So super excited about that. So, Kip, here's a question for you. John wants to know um, from, from us, how do you both celebrate Black History Month? <laughs> what excites you or intrigues you in your contributions or studies of it? That's a good question. It is, actually. Um, that's a good question. How I celebrated in the past was um, attending events. Uh, there was always some something going on in the community, whether it was at my church, uh, like a, you know, at a local college, um, just events. There, are, there's always something going on. Uh, so that's how I would normally celebrate it. Uh, that's a good question, though. It is that's a good question. There's so much yeah. to celebrate, John. And uh, I'll say that the I'll tell you one way I celebrate it is beyond the month. Anytime a black movie comes out, and I see a film that's coming out that whether it be historical, it, right now we got horror coming out. We got people doing all kinds of things with horror, mm-hmm. and we have other genres, comedies. I try to do my best to support those causes. Because I want to support black arts, black productions as well, as well as all arts. So throughout the year, I, you know, it's always nice to see that. But I will tell you one thing that I'd like to celebrate on. I'll be out this month. I'll be doing things in COVID spaces, as I said in my announcements in that regard. But you know one thing I like to do, Kip? Here's my little confession. Do you know that famous movie we've all seen as a child, Imitation of Life? Okay. And God, you know I have that poster in my movie room. I love that movie. I love that movie. And even to this day, you know, now that I'm 25 still, I realize oh. that <laughs> I realize that that moment, like I even online, I go on YouTube and I'll go right to that scene, you know, the steering scene. The funeral. Scene, the funeral. Yes. <laughs> and I hear Mahalia Jackson sing one of my favorite songs of all time by her. Mm-hmm. And and just being moved in that moment. Here I am at one o'clock in the morning. I'm, you know, so <laughs> I'm watching these, and not just those episodes, but other episodes of great movies, Grapes of Wrath, and and um, let's just name another one. Oh, oh my gosh, what's the name of the one? Oh my God, by Richard Wright. Oh my gosh, I forgot to call. A Raising the Sun. You know, I'm naming oh, okay. all these examples, and and just or Beloved. Okay, you know, Kevin and I've had some conversations about Beloved over the years. So we love mm-hmm. Tony Morrison. You got to be ready for Toni Morrison. And so yeah. just seeing these things, a lot of today's generations don't know these things. And so as a result, and if they do, they see it from a TikTok or something else that's going on that reinforces and that actually encourages them to go learn because they actually go and look up things. And so mm-hmm. I love being able to celebrate it through all those aspects, as well as being out there, being a person of African descent out in the community speaking, being part of oratorical contest, judging, speaking, or delivering an oratorical experience, or what have you, uh, it just makes me feel good. But it does, it's not just limited to this month, it's all year long. 
That's a good point. Like, and those are things that specifically for the month that I would do before. Like I said, I would always, um, you know, attend um, um, events. There's been um, conferences that I've, you know, uh, attended, like panel discussions and things like that. Not that I participated in it, but I've attended. Um, but I do definitely make the effort to support um, all, you know, forms of Black culture all throughout the year. Definitely. Mm. Another question came in from Dex Xavier, Kip. He wants to know from us, has the role of black churches changed in black history? Hmm. hmm. Well, you know, you're probably talking to the wrong one because I ain't been in a minute. <laughs> 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 um, that, honestly, that is a good question. Um, I wish I had a, a definite a answer for you because I honestly can't say. I honestly don't know. Um, I don't know. I know what it used to be. I really, I honestly don't know what it is right now. That is a very good question. I wish I knew. <laughs> Did somebody else I, have the answer? If somebody else has the answer, I, w- I would like for, the, for them to comment or, or say so, because I, ge- I genu- genuinely do not know. I, I think that, that, you know, the modern black church, they recognize it, but what they do, no idea. I would say it has, Dick Xavier. I'll add one example, several examples. I, you know, had the pleasure. I visited several churches. You know, a couple, you know, a couple of years back, actually, I, I was in church with my friend Justin, who Kip and I know, and I'm the mm-hmm. godfather of their child. And I went to a historic black church in Coconut Grove, and his family has been going there for years. It's been around for a hundred over a hundred years. This church, and I just sat in there and I was marvelled by all this movement. But here's something else that I'm seeing today, and I see this on Anike's channel, because she does it, and I see it on other channels, too. And this was before COVID. Churches are now providing free services via camera and webcam for those who are able to come into the house of worship from the comfort right. of their home or their spaces. So there are cameras, and there's a live action happening in real time for people to engage and receive the word. And so churches have changed, and they've used the technology as a means of transmitting those messages and bringing in others who need the love and support of the worship. And so I find that very interesting. And, and churches are still doing some great things, folks. I mean, these food drives right down the street from my own neighborhood, I saw lines around the corner from food banks and food drives and initiatives. They're teaming up with celebrities who happen to go to many of these churches to help contribute and be part of these movements to help, to help communities. And so, and above all, black churches also, they're big time in, in politics. I mean, President Obama didn't get elected without the help of black churches. And so, I mean, there were churches that were doing all kinds of events on weekends. They were busing in their, their membership to, to, to precincts. There was all this support. And we saw that happen in now three elections. So now the church voice, the black church voice is an incredible voice. And, and it's always been, but a pinnacle in the pulse of American culture. It's been fascinating, very fascinating to see. And Kip, here's another question. They're coming in like crazy now. So, folks, let me remind you, we only got 10 minutes until 12 minutes. I will say that that I've been going to church. I've been streaming church when I – I haven't physically attended church in a a very long time. Um, But I will get church um, online. I, I stream it a lot. I do that. But, like I said, as far as attending, because there's, a, there's more that you can get out of it from actually attending, you know, from being there. You, you know, they don't always, you know, it's, it's kind of straight to the point, you know, it's, it's edited and what have you sometimes, whether it's live stream or not. 
Um, so in, in that regard, I, I don't know as far as like, you know, how they do celebrate and um, honor Black History Month today. Hmm. Well said. Anna but wants to know, Kim, me. and hmm. Anna wants to know from us, if you could create a movie, this is this one, about one person or issue in Black history that has not already been made, what would hmm. it be and why? Now, before you hmm. respond, Capri, Anna, don't take these ideas, okay? Because we... That hasn't been done already. Huh. Hmm. I would say, I'll add to this. So Capri knows I love my horror, and we're seeing more black horror producers and filmmakers, both the major and short films, the indie films. I would love mm-hmm. to take issue of black history and give it a supernatural spin. That'd be awesome. And I don't know what specifically, I actually do know what, I'm just not telling Anna, but <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, you know what I mean? But there's some, that's one I, was, I, I will give you one more. I would love to see a story on Equiano's Vasas. In Equiano's, you know, everyone knows Frederick Douglass' narrative, which is amazing. I've read it in college and, and, and studied it. But there's Equiano's Vasas, who was another slave who wrote a slave narrative as well. That actually okay. kind of predates um, a little bit by a few years Frederick Douglass's, and he was very intelligent, very very um, a different story from Frederick Douglass's in certain aspects, but both the same thread. The common thread is they 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 got their way to freedom, at least freedom as they thought they knew it in that time. Mm-hmm. And so I would love to see that story or a story about Mariah Stewart, another amazing fo- um, face and icon of Black history, because we get the main names, which are great. I mean, you might still know who Harriet Tubman is. They know her. They tell me, mm-hmm. like, oh, that's Harriet Tubman. I'm like, and how do you know that? Because there are also movies that reinforced it today, right? That right. bring it to the forefront. So maybe there should be more, Anna. That's the call to action. Thank you. Yeah, Anna, <laughs> jump on that. Anna, that's, 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 your, that's, your, um, that's your job to do right now. You just That's your calling. Part, part of maybe part of it in your life, not the only thing, but yeah, jump on there. I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen, there've been like documentary things I've seen like on YouTube, like on, on Marcus Garvey, but I haven't, I, mm. not that I know of, I haven't seen like a, like a feature film or, you know, like his whole, document his whole life. Like I said, it made, you know, documentaries different than an actual like film, I'm guessing. Yeah. I don't know how that but I mean, he's one person that comes to mind, but I don't, um, I don't know. Anyone, pick anyone, because there's tons of people, you know, that you can yeah. pick that haven't been, um, you know, done on screen. You know, I, I was thinking of one. Um, this uh, Paul Lawrence Dunbar on Logo Channel. Mm-hmm. The Logo Channel is always celebrating his work and his artistry. Obviously, he identified through the LGBTQ, LGBTQ plus community, but I don't remember there being a, a well, maybe there has been, but I don't, don't recall there being like a full-fledged movie or a focus on that from that perspective, right? And so I'm always wondering, mm-hmm. and I think that would resonate more today, considering Logo, which is now owned by MTV, is really open-minded and, and liberal-minded and that kind of stuff, too. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was pretty cool. So I, mm-hmm. like, for the sake of time, we got a couple questions. We're going to do our best to get them in, folks. So one okay. of them is from Dina. Dina wants to know, Black History Month also includes Latinos. I'm Latina and proud. But I'm also, but I also embrace my African roots. Why do you think some Latinos or Latinas do not embrace their African heritage? I don't know. Uh, 
I'm I'm not from I don't I'm not of Latin background. Um I don't know. I don't know why that is. Uh it's a good question. It's it I don't know why some people do. Um it, I Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I'm not speaking, go ahead. I wanna hear what you gotta say. <laughs> oh no, I'm just saying, I don't um I don't know. It could be it I know of someone who is his I think his dad is black American. I think mm-hmm. his mom is Puerto Rican. And he pretty much shuns this father side. But again, and when you shun, you know, your father, that might just be a relationship issue. You know, so I think if, if that is the case for some people, there may be some different there may be different circumstances. There's just maybe situations there that maybe you don't know about. Mm. Um, you know, because a lot of times people are maybe closer to one side of their family than they are the other. That's right. not unusual. You know, so if you are closer to one side of your family than the other, it's not unusual for you to embrace that and just be more familiar with that culture and what have you. So but so I, I don't know, you know, so I'm just saying that one person that I know of in particular, um, there's just relationship issues there, you know, so you really don't even associate with that side of the family, you don't, which is not an excuse not to know your African, you know, uh, culture. Um, you know, or, or heritage, but I don't know. There's there maybe just some different factors there. Not sure what that is, and it just could be a, a cultural thing, like society. You know, society wants you to look a certain way, as you were saying earlier in the show. Um, yeah. You know, project a certain image, look a certain way, all these things. So it might be that you just are, you know, embracing what you think society wants you to do, or wants you to have, or wants you to look like. That could be it too. Thank you, Kip. Samson wants to know, I'm going to read this question. We kind of answered this already, Samson. He says, have you ever taken a look at the Library of Congress volume of works related to Black History Month? It's pretty awesome. And if so, what did you see? So Samson, I'm in there all the time. And the one thing I like to use is I like to look at some of their digital archives. And I was able to obtain an original version, like the copy, a digital copy version of Langston Hughes' journal, his poetry journal. And Mm -hmm. It's so awesome to see what words and, and titles and things that were in their original form and then how he changed them before they've got the final edits to become published. And they become great lessons for my students. So I'm able to take a poem, like the theme for English B, which is one of his popular poems, look at it in his original form before he put it through the edit process, the, the workshop process. And then when you see it in the textbook, it's like, holy moly, he changed, the, he changed substantially. His writing was recursive. It was very, it was very evolving. And so it's, you don't get to do that. I mean, other than that, I have to go to the Library of Congress and visit this thing and see this document. Now I can do it in the confines of my own home. And I think that's pretty awesome that we have those options as well. Or hearing yes. the audio of some folks who are no longer yes. alive today. That moves yes. me so much, right? That yes, absolutely. I will say um a couple things. So as far as the audio, again, going down that rabbit hole on YouTube, I came across um some audio. It was um some slave narrative. Mm-hmm. Um and these were uh, interviews that were conducted um uh, with there were people uh, obviously it was decades ago that they at the time they were still alive and they were recounting their experience as being a slave in America. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. To hear them, you know, recount that. Um, I actually got my aunt a book. It's one of the volumes. Don't ask me which one, but it is the slave narratives. Like that, the audio, there are books, um, there are volumes of it. And I happened to go into a bookstore one day up here um, in Georgia, 
and they sell a lot of old books, a lot of first editions, and you know, mostly used um, books. And I came across that, and I got that because she collects books. She loves books, so um, I got that for her. Um, and that was fascinating to see. And it was fascinating also because it was old, but you can see like where they made edits, and it was still printed like in the book. Like they had typos, wow. and and yeah, so I'm like, wow, like they didn't think so, you know, and they just like literally like crossed it out and just like copied it and just put it in a book. It was almost just, it was so raw, you know, to see that. That was really um, um, interesting. It was something else that he said uh, also. But anyhow, but those those uh, very uh, interesting things to, to, to see and, and to, to share and like to have like right in front of you to see, you know, words on paper and, you know, like the edits and the, and to hear somebody's voice. Oh, another thing, really quick. So when I uh, years ago, and I don't know why I don't do it as much anymore. And I think because I'm just not in that space that much, especially now I don't go anywhere COVID. But years ago, I started to collect postcards, and they mm. were—I don't call them my black postcards, but they were postcards um, that had uh, characters, caricatures on them, um, images of you know black children, a lot of things, very inappropriate and, and, you know, that you would not do today. But that's what it was then. And so I would, like, collect these postcards, and I think the one, I can't say they have any value, uh, monetary value. They're valuable to me, um, but they are used, um, but the ones that aren't used, I guess may, you know, have, they, I would buy them for more because they didn't have any writing on them. But I always wanted to find the postcards that had writing on This is It's like you can, like, hear somebody's voice in it almost. Like you can... And it's just a postcard, so they're literally like four lines on it. You know, it has like wow. a one cent stamp, but it was sent in like 1901. You know, you can hear about somebody going down south to visit their family. We went to go see Aunt So and So, but it's just, it's just, it kind of puts you like right there at that time. And I love those postcards, and I always, and whenever I go to like antique stores and stuff like that, I, I kind of keep it in the back of my mind to, to look out for them. You don't always find them, but when I do, I love to find them. I buy them and I read them. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, Kip. And folks, we want to say thank you for all these really good questions. Do you agree, Kip? Very the questions good questions. Were so yeah. good. And it it reminds us folks are intrigued in listening, A, and B, they're more fascinated about the topic. I mean, Black History Month is a great time, folks. And even though we're in COVID, it still exists. And so regardless, even if you're doing it from home in a safety space, you can still camp on and still contribute and then celebrate. And so Coming up next tomorrow night, if you are not too busy, especially all of those of you like Anna and everyone else who called in tonight or at least emailed in tonight, join us tomorrow night, same time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for another great conversation as we here at Everyday Folks celebrate our 200th episode anniversary. So 200 episodes. That's amazing. And so five years ago, we never thought we'd be here today with over 9,000 listeners. So thank you so much, Kip, for being here today. Thank you, listeners, as well. we got to have Kip back here, folks. We promise to bring her back, because she's so much fun. She is, on and off the camera. And and lastly, don't forget to go to (laughs) blacktonclothing.com. Go and take a look. There's some great merchandise out there, folks. Actually, you you should go go to WeBuyBlack, WeBuyBlack.com. I have my my merchandise is on that site right now, and it's great because it's a site for – it's the Black Amazon, basically. So you can find my shirts, um, Black Tongue Clothing, um, on that site. You can find everything under the sun 
household Thank products, personal items, everything. WeBuyBlack.com. So, folks, I got to add that link to our page under Everyday Folks Radio and who I'm supporting. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in tomorrow, 7 p.m. Until then, take care. Have a great night. <laughs>